Hey, this is Bryce Henson, CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp. And if you want to create a life with more money, more meaning, and more freedom, you have to listen to the Shit You Don't Learn in College podcast with my good friend, Xander Fryer. How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlick Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Xander Fryer here, and we are back with another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. Today, we've got my good friend Bryce Henson on. Bryce is a business owner, public speaker, coach, and author, and is the CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp, the world's fastest-growing fitness bootcamp franchise. Having over 10-plus years' exp experience in the fitness industry and owning two FBBC locations in Orange County, California, he has a passion for inspiring fitness and changing lives. Bryce also co-leads the FBBC Elite Mastermind Group, an exclusive coaching group for high-performing fitness professionals. In this episode, we're going to dig into how Bryce's divorce was actually, his parents' divorce, sorry, not his divorce, how his parents' divorce was was actually a godsend, why he carries around a coin to remind him that he could die at any moment, weird but amazing, the fastest way to change your identity as a person, and the one weird thing that he does to always keep growing. And don't forget, we only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. So if you enjoy this episode, please share it on your social and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. Every week, my team goes through our reviews, and for every new five-star review, we plant a tree in Madagascar, and we get one year of e-learning to a kid in India. So when you leave us a review, you're giving back to. All right. How's it going, everybody? Xander Fryer, your host of Shit You Don't Learn in College, here with my good buddy, Bryce Henson. Bryce, welcome to the show. What is up, my friend Xander? Holy smokes, we just did a third take and now this is fourth. The universe is really challenging us, but wants us to crush this podcast. I'm, so I'm, I'm fired excited. up, man. I'm excited for this, man. I'm excited for this. <laughs> this, is, this is how you can tell that a podcast is just meant to be when it takes you four times to to get a podcast out there. The, the tech gods just don't want to play for you. <laughs> um, oh, man, good. too funny. So, so Bryce, uh, we're, we're going to dig into a lot in this episode. We're going to talk uh, a bit about um, you know your your career being an an uh, entrepreneur and an entrepreneur. You are now officially the CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp, a multiple nine figure business. Um, so we're going to dig into that. But before we get there, I'd love for everybody to get a little bit of a background to Bryce and who you are, how you got to this point. Would you Would you mind give us giving us a little insight? Woo! Uh, would love to. It's a loaded question, but uh, I'll kind of take you back and and walk you through how I got I moved to California, and then you can kind of prod me along from there if that. Sure. 
Cool. So I usually tell uh, my friends that uh, I'm from the Midwest, and that certainly would be true. Uh, but the first 10 years of my life I actually grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. When I say Atlanta, that's a far stretch because I was about 45 minutes south in the country. This is 35 years ago. And I used to talk like this when I was a little little guy and uh, just live in the Southern uh, life, if you will. And it was a happy life. You know, I had uh, both parents, two other siblings, three kids, and, you know, lived the proverbial life with the picket fence. Didn't have the picket fence, but you can kind of catch the drift. Um, but I, sh I start the story there because what happened to me then um, when I was about 10 uh, was very traumatic and it was a quote unquote a tragedy, um, but really disguised. Actually, it was it was a blessing disguised as a tragedy is what I meant to yeah. say. And about 10 years old, um, even though there was a lot of turmoil, you know, in the house uh, between my parents, uh, my mom kind of hit a breaking point and seemingly overnight, even though the problems were there for quite some time, basically escaped my father's grapple. He was verbally abusive, mentally abusive, and then it got physical abusive. So she took her three kids and moved to Michigan. And we had this like nice little happy life. My father wasn't a successful business guy, but his dad had a, you know, he received a large inherit inheritance. So it seemed to be yeah. at that time. Um, so our life went from like white to black, very stark difference, and especially moving to a different, you know, uh, culture and community, even though the state in the States, growing up yeah. in the South and then the Midwest, very different. Um, and I look back at that and like the struggle that we went through and many people can relate that have been in broken homes, et cetera. Um, but what I learned was this, um, and the big takeaway that I want to share with the audience is Sandra, no one is coming on a white horse to save you. Yeah. Uh, and what I mean by that is like, you know, my mom had a very cush situation with my dad and, and her, her, his father. Um, and maybe you have a trust fund, maybe you have a wealthy spouse or a parent or, you know, something temporary that you think is going to last forever. But at the end of the day, self-reliance, personal responsibility, and really taking the attitude of if it has to be, it's up to me. is just foundational yeah. to your success. And I think, Sandra, that would probably be the big takeaway from at least the first part of my journey, if you will. That and, really and that's something, part. yeah, that's something that you learned, obviously, at a very young age because of this, like you mentioned, this tragedy uh, that's actually a blessing in disguise for you. Yeah, totally. And it, it taught me, you know, self-reliance, responsibility, work ethic, and and then kind of transitioning, seeing my mom struggle. Because, you know, at the end of the day, Xander, she didn't sign up for, you know, having running three uh, family with three kids and, you know, being a professional woman on top of that. She thought she was going to kind of take care of the home. And when she got yeah. thrown back into the work environment, um, and even though we were living in Michigan, which certainly has a much better uh, cost of living than here in Southern California, which we all yeah. live, at the end of the day, a secretary salary, making minimum wage, having three kids, I mean, that math doesn't work. So, you know, a scrappy and enrolling in my first job as a stock boy when I was like 12, uh, ended up becoming a soccer referee, uh, worked at fast food joints and restaurants and bus boys and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I ended up you know rolling in college. I went to Michigan State and I was, you know, donated blood uh, plasma just to get through myself through school. And, yeah. I, and I think that big takeaway there was just kind of learning that work, you know, ethic and just really that scrappy mentality. Um, and that all said, I mean, kind of transitioning, kind of bringing more to, to kind of present day and, and really want to want to hit the last point I want to hit at in that kind of time in my life is as I was uh, going through and finishing my junior, going to my senior at college, um, you know, while I had that experience living in Georgia for the, the latter 10 years of you know, living in Michigan, I hadn't really left. Right. So I hadn't seen too much. I mean, most of us right at that age don't. Um, so Michigan State has a really, really good study abroad program, probably for university, public university, one of the best in the country. So even though I wasn't planning on this, on a whim, I decided to check out the career fair. And uh, yeah. so I did. And um, as it turns out, you know, three programs actually stuck to me. It kind of piqued my interest. And there's three programs that I qualify for being that I was almost done as a junior, only had a semester left at school. So the options were a little bit limited. Uh, but the three programs that stuck out were uh, Greece, 
Argentina, and then Asia. And Xander, my first thought was like, oh, this is awesome. I'm going to Greece. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, as I looked into the program, what I realized was it was it, the requirement was like double the credits that I needed. So I was going to spend a few thousand dollars more extra. The timing wasn't work, didn't work that well. And that few thousand dollars going back to that, I mean, that was a small fortune at the time. So right. Greece didn't, didn't really fit. Kind of same thing with Argentina. Um, so there was kind of like with my back up against the wall, I really didn't envision myself going to Asia, but I was with a buddy uh, and we were kind of hanging out over dinner and he said, Bryce, can you ever you know, envision yourself going to Greece? And I was like, yeah, I think I could. And as it turns out, you know, I have been for leisure. He asked the same question for Argentina, Argentina, which I Argentina, yep. <laughs> Argentina. Uh, and I answered in the same way. And then he asked the question about Asia. And I, and I looked at him, Xander, I was like, no, I, I don't think I can. And he's like, Bryce, dude, that is exactly what you need to do. Enroll in Asia. Um, you're going to see something new, different cultures. And that's actually the advice that I took. And uh, literally, dude, it, I mean, for all you, your, your audience and listeners um, that have traveled, that have pushed their comfort zones, I mean, you know the value there. And I think that, you know, taking that leap of faith, pushing my comfort zone and boarding a plane, putting myself on a plane to Tokyo, Japan, when I was 20 years old in May of 2004, I mean, that really changed my life. And, and I take a step back and um, the, probably the learning lesson that I want to kind of you know, share with your audience is... The Stoic philosophy, um, the tagline, which is Latin, it stands or it says "memento mori," which basically is the translation is "remember you're going to die." And yeah. Xander, even though that's a very grim, uh, I guess, uh, takeaway, really, I look at it the opposite side and think, okay, remember that you're going to die. And actually, uh, for all you uh, viewers who actually are watching this podcast from a visual perspective, I keep this "memento mori" coin in my pocket. Because yes. it reminds me that I'm going to die, but it also, Xander, it reminds me that I need to live. And I think, you know, having that urgency and that, that, that mindset of like exploring and, oh, you only got one crack of the life, that was really the big takeaway for me there. That's amazing, man. And I think you and I, obviously, we, we talked about this a little bit, but like, you know, one of my favorite books, Tuesdays with Maury, um, you know, it's for anybody who hasn't read Tuesdays with Maury, it's about a, a gentleman who contracts ALS and, you know, basically is slowly withering away over the course of like six, nine, 12 months yeah. and really giving his philosophy on life. And one of the things he talks about is, you know, he's like, I want everybody to remember that we're going to die, right? We're all going to die, but most of us pretend that we're not right? We pretend that we're never going to die. We pretend that we're, you know, we, we've got, you know, all this life and we're just never going to, it's never going to end at some point. But he says, you know, the moment that you realize you're going to die is the moment that you actually start to live. Oh, right. And I, I, I think that I, like that philosophy, that stoic philosophy really fits into this. Right? Oh yeah. I mean, that's fundamental. And, and I didn't really start studying stoic philosophy at that point, but that's actually kind of the the mindset that I took and that it carried with me. And then of course, in later years, like in learning, learning and yeah. growing, kind of adapting and following um, a guy named Ryan Holiday, who kind of talks about stoicism that really kind of, you know, sunk in and, and took root. So, yeah. So, so talk to me about that. Obviously this is something that's re it really been a cornerstone belief in your life. How has that, how has that belief of, you know, we're all going to die. How has that kind of helped you in, in business per se? Yeah, well, I think two parts, and you hit it right with Tuesdays with Maurice, which was written by a guy named Mitch Album, who's actually from Michigan, so I have a big connection there, um, and love that piece of work. But when we as humans, I think it's just human nature, we just think that like death is off in this like far distant future, right? But the, the fact of the matter is, is, is maybe it is, hopefully is, but there's also a chance it's not. And at the end of the day, you, yeah. you're only promised today. So from that perspective, that remembering you're going to die, Memento Mori, it actually just brings up the perspective, and it, it showcases it, it actually makes you confront death 
in the face on a day-to-day basis. And when you have that perspective, you actually act differently. You take bigger risks. You certainly want to be calculated with those risks, but you live, you know, you take big moves. And I think that's the big message, Xander. It's, you know, you only got one spin at this globe. And from a business perspective or a life perspective, you, know, you want to be calculated. You want to kind of, you know, make sure that you're going to move, move in the right direction, but you got to take big shots. And at least for me, but a message I want to kind of share with the audience, it's worked out for me. And, you know, every time that I play big, that I big, take a big calculated risk and put full force and passion, Xander, it just, it just so happens to work out. And I think that's really what I derive from, from that aspect of Stoic philosophy. The second, uh, the other side of the coin as well, is just the challenge, like embracing the suck. Um, David Goggin says that in one way, which I know we've talked about offline before. Um, another book uh, within the Stoic philosophy, again, I've uh, quoted Ryan Holiday, is called The Obstacles of the Way. And Xander, what I've taken from that is at the end of the day, like an obstacle, even though human nature, we want to avoid them or move around them, the obstacle is the resistance. And you know, I'm a fitness guy. I know you work out as well. When you add resistance, resistance is a good thing. Resistance actually yeah. makes you stronger. You so can't th- build a muscle without resistance. Amen. So I think that from you asked the question is like, how, could, how do I apply Stoic philosophy to my business life? Well, number one, memento mori, like take big risks, start living now. And number two, realizing that the challenge actually is what creates growth and you shouldn't back away from the challenge. You actually should lean into the challenge. And as the book says, the obstacle is the way. Yeah. And I love what you just brought up there too. Like the obstacle is the way to to really push forward on this. Because I think some people, and I don't know if you've ever noticed this, some people like, you know, they take the, the, the saying, you know, like, you only live once or, you know, like live every day like it's your last, right? When they're like, well, if today was my last day, like I don't want to do any work, right? I want to just go hang out on the beach, right? So like, what's your, what are your thoughts on that? Because it could kind of go both ways, right? It, it can. And I think probably for, for hard charging guys like ourselves, um, yeah. you know, it, it means more lead with fulfillment. Um, yeah. I would say you can look at it from like the re- reckless perspective, like, oh, just F it. Let's, let's go. Let's do this shot. Or, exactly. You know. Yeah. But, but for me, I look at it. I, I don't look at it that way because at the end of the day, when I, when I live my life in that way, and it's typically when bad decisions come or lo- like, you know, lethargic, you know, the that quality kind of yeah. sets in, I feel unfulfilled. I feel depressed. So for you me, might- yeah, go go ahead. No, just for me, like I I don't look at it as like the reckless aspect or just the leisure aspect. I look look at it like, dude, there's seven billion people on the planet. What were you meant for? Let's start taking action because you're meant for something bigger than you. And that's the way I look I, at it. I think that's the way that you need to look at it, right? Because some people take the like today might be your last day as like a oh I'm just gonna do the easy things and have a little fun, right? But like fun is fleeting, like it, momental, like it, it, instantaneous like happiness and desire fulfillment is fleeting. Amen. Whereas like true true purpose, true fulfillment, like going for something more, serving others, like, you know, that's really what we're searching for here when we talk about like tomorrow could be your last. Did you really give it your all? Did you serve others? Did you take the risks? Did you really go for it? Yeah, and, and think about it too from like a giving perspective. We all know this, right. right? Like when you when you take or when you receive, I mean, certainly it can feel good in the moment, but there's no fulfillment there. But on the flip yeah. side, when you give, when you add value, when you, you know, set something up, someone up for success that, you know, they couldn't have done for themselves or coach someone or provide more value, that sense of fulfillment is what you're actually after. And again, kind that's of the, that's the deep, that's it. Yeah. It's very that's different. Yeah. That's amazing, man. So, so stoic philosophy, uh, let's, <laughs> I've already talked to you about this before, so this is loaded, but let's talk <laughs> about 2020, Ooh. right? 20, 2020 was, uh, 
wasn't was an easy year for you guys over at Fit Body Bootcamp, was, right? Tell was, me, tell me about it. Was an easy year for us. Well, you know, Xander, like you know, certainly there was other business models that were certainly affected as uh, really badly and severely as well, which my heart goes out. And on the flip side, there was other businesses that were more well positioned. It just so happened for us, you know, we had a global international franchise, hundreds of locations in the U.S. and Canada. You know, our business is actually founded on brick and mortar. Come to this location, get trained in, perp- uh, in person. In person. So as you would imagine, uh, you know, March of 2020, when everything kind of, you know, hit the fan and we were forced and also we actually proactively took the first measure when there was a lot of unknown things about COVID, uh, but basically to, you know, close down our locations, but kind of using that stoic philosophy, like the obstacle is the, is the way, right? And I'm stacked with my leadership team. We have an incredible team at our headquarters. So certainly I stand on the shoulders of these giants, but I think the commonality in that room, and I want to say it's March 16, 2020. When literally all of our franchise came to a screeching halt, we had to stop location yeah. or stop operations in, in in location because we had that mindset of like the obstacles, the way this is going to get better, get us better. Take a deep breath, realize that you know let's get some proper perspective. Our leadership team was able to navigate so cool, calm, and collected, which then has a ripple effect in our HQ. Our all of our team had a ripple effect on our owners, our leaders, our coaches. And it's no su- surprise or coincidence that we were able to kind of pivot literally to online training within 24 hours and be able yeah. to sustain what was be a horrific year. And certainly we had our losses and it wasn't fun and it wasn't all, you know, sunshine and rainbows. However, Xander, without that, you know, deep seated belief that the obstacle is the way um, with that proper perspective, we wouldn't have been able to serve and kind of, you know, I wouldn't be, you know, sitting here on your podcast today. So I think that 100%, was foundation. Right. And I, I think, you know, like there, there were hundreds of businesses that are in the same position as you guys. And you guys were able to pivot a multi nine figure organization in 24 to 48 hours. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's insane. Right. So yeah, well, you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you, attribute, you attribute this, like you mentioned, you attribute this a lot to like the, the leaders of the organization, the people in the organization. Um, I want to dig into that for a second, because I think this is something that's so important for whether you're a, uh, you know, you're the CEO of a multi nine figure company, or you're just starting off in your entrepreneurial journey, like the people you surround yourself with is is one of the most important things that we hear around success. Do you have any insight on that? Has that affected you at all? Oh man, dude, that is, it is foundational. Um, and just think about, you know, us meeting Xander, we both enrolled yeah. at Empire Mastermind, which is a very high ticket, you know, big investment, right? And for me, speaking at least for myself, at that period of time, I think it was 2017-ish um, is when I first enrolled. I think you were a little bit later, but that was probably the biggest investment in coaching that you know, I had ever made, right? Um, but it's it's the people that you surround you surround yourself with, right? What's the famous saying? A rising tide, you know, raises all ships. Yeah. Um, so yes, you need to be able to learn tactical skills, um, you know, from a marketing to run a business to sales to operations to etc. You know, the list goes on. But really, uh, a lot of people's success actually comes for their identity. And if you're not surrounding yourself with people that are going to lift you up, that are going to create a better you know identity for you, a better view of you in the world. Um, you're gonna ha- you're gonna hit that lip like that ceiling. All the application, all the technical skills that you're gonna learn, you're gonna have a hard time actually applying them and getting the success without that identity shift. And, and really going back to this, Sander, that identity shift happens with the people that you surround yourself. In our case, mastermind groups, coaching groups, yeah. leadership room, executive te- teams, and, and I think that's been foundational for my success. And you know, I'd venture to say you as well. At one hundred percent, you know, I, I tell people very honestly, like I 
when I enrolled in Empire, it was not for the tactical stuff. It was literally just to be around people like B, you know, pe people like Bedros and, oh, yeah. and the really high level leaders just to absorb that, those, those beliefs, that energy. Um, what would you say? Do you have any tips for anybody who's just starting off? Like maybe they can't afford, obviously, $50,000 to be a part of Empire Mastermind. Like yeah. what, would, what would be some tips for people that you'd suggest around like surrounding yourself with the right types of people? Yeah, that, that's incredible because I think there is that human nature self-limiting belief like, oh, you know, it's easy for this person because they have access to this or access to that. But the end right. of the day, and this is something that one of my good friends, his name's uh, Ray Care, is a Navy SEAL, um, quoted one time. And it's really stuck with me. If it, uh, excuse me. Um, oh, I just lost my train of thought in terms of, uh, was, <laughs> you're gonna have to repeat the question as I was about to enlighten your audience with such a knowledge bomb. I literally forget it halfway surrounding, through. Surrounding yourself <laughs> with good people, even if you don't have the money to invest in, oh, uh, you know, mastermind. His quote like was do what you can with what you have. And this is from yeah. a Navy SEAL, a good friend of mine, do what you can with what you have. So maybe you don't have 50 grand to throw at a mastermind. Maybe you don't that, have. That's so, by the way, that's such simple advice and it might be one of the best pieces of advice I've ever heard in my entire life. Dude, it's it's literally so simple, but so foundational. And, and I find myself coaching owners or you know clients and they're just like all freaked out about this, that, and the other. Like take a deep breath, do what you can with what you have. And, and really um, before I lost my train of thought on that epic knowledge bomb, really what I was getting to was <laughs> if, if you don't have 50K to throw at a mastermind, maybe you have $15 to throw an audiobook. okay? Maybe yeah. you can go to your BNI you know, uh, meeting and meet other business owners or your chamber of commerce meeting and start there, right? So it's yeah. not about like all of a sudden from having no, no network and thinking, okay, poor is me. How am I going to do this? It's okay. Like take one step, okay? Let's start learning from books, learning from... Uh, you know, content, listening to podcasts, reaching out, connecting with people, going to, you know, yeah. different networking groups that are free at least to start. And then as you continue to build more clout and status and knowledge, then you can take that and, and, and then start investing into, you know, some, some masterminds or some other platforms or networking groups that you really can, you know, be with even higher level learners. Yeah. That's amazing. I, Cause as you're saying this, I'm now thinking about like when I was in a nine to five, right all the people that I knew in that nine to five are now still in nine to fives. But I was actively, even that like last year I was in a nine to five, I was listening to audiobooks. I was reading entrepreneurial books. I would, I would go to little entrepreneurial meetings, even though I was an entrepreneur and it just made me start to think differently until eventually the point there was a, a cracking point and I was out. Right. But it like the more that I think about it, it really was just because I was surrounding myself with those free resources of people mm -hmm. that just thought differently. Yeah. And also, Xander, I'm like big on, and this is a little woo-woo, and I know you are definitely woo-woo. I've <laughs> learned a lot from you about this, but yeah. I'm a really big believer in like the laws of the universe, like phys physics, like energy, right? So yeah. when you surround yourself with people, not only are you learning the tactical knowledge, but like, and, and I say this as a, such a compliment, I acknowledge you, Xander. When I'm around you, like I get a little energy bump. I get a little like pep in my step just because the energy, and I would hope that the feeling is the, the same in return. Absolutely. But when you start doing that, the law of the universe, like physics, physics, like energy basically just catapults you to another level and you start vibrating at a, at a different level. When you start vibrating at a different level, opportunities start coming to you that weren't you know, typically there. So I'm a firm believer in that. And I think that's from my perspective of philosophy that I live by. I love that, man. Um, I mean, we could dig into the woo-woo and energy for days, but <laughs> one, one thing I want to talk to you about is you are, like we talked about, you're the CEO of, of a company, of a multi-nine-figure company. 
And you're also an entrepreneur. You also own several of your own Fitbody boot camps. So you you do a lot. You balance both the entrepreneur and the entrepreneur. Can you tell me about how you're able to do that and the and the differences between the two for you? Yeah, totally. Um, and that's a freaking great question, and it's a very hard question actually at that, just because it's that's not. Why I, that's why I asked it. I didn't want to yeah. make this easy for you, man. Uh, please. The obstacle is the way, Bryce. The, the obstacle, obstacle is the way. <laughs> I'll take a little bit of my own uh, medicine there. Um, listen, Xander, I mean, I think we're both, you know, and, and probably a lot of your audiences kind of have this feeling like, okay, the nine, nine to five is not for me. I'm meant for something more. I'm meant for, you know, to kind of blaze my own path. And, and those are all the feelings that I had for a very long period of time. And, and yeah. my first career that I kind of alluded to moving to California was actually in sales. So I, you know, basically learned sales for a period of seven, eight years and still student, uh, always a student of sales. So just because I learned it doesn't mean I'm done with it, yeah. uh, but kind of like, you know, kind of scratch that edge. And I just knew that I wanted to kind of blaze my own path. And that's why I became a Fit Body Bootcamp owner, um, ended up uh, becoming a, a, an owner in the brand in 2012, um, ended up scaling to a handful of locations, um, you know, because of the mastermind, because of the networking ability, because of the Empire Mastermind or the Fit Body Bootcamp Mastermind that I now help, you know, co-run with uh, Bedros, our chairman, and then our uh, v uh, VP, uh, Matt Wilbur. Um, but I think like that was the path that was really shown to me. And I started charging yeah. hard once I started, you know, once I learned it had a good base of sales under my belt because that's such a such an important and critical skill. Um, that in mind, the entrepreneur kind of like got thrown into me because after a period of time and actually enrolling in, in Empire, connecting yeah. with Bedros at a different uh, either deep deeper level, even though I'd been no, known him for you know six plus years. Um, really provided the opportunity for what initially was the, my vice president role at Fitbody, which now, you know, as you alluded to, has become CEO and it's kind of a whirlwind. So I'm an entrepreneur within that uh, that business because still at the end of the day, Bedros Cooley and his wife, Diane, are owners of that, that company. Yeah. And I would say from an entrepreneur perspective, we are cut from the same cloth. So I say this is the biggest accolade to both be uh, Bedros, as we know, and die. I probably couldn't be an entrepreneur in too many companies. Um, so yeah. it's a credit to them because they literally allow, they cast a big net and, and allow me to kind of have my entrepreneurial, you know, kind of flow run through. But of course, yeah. you know, there's some differences. So, you know, kind of to break that down, down uh, when, from an entrepreneur perspective, I mean, you have the freedom. Like at the end of the day, the buck stops with you. You have yep. all the freedom, the flexibility to kind of blaze your own path, you know, change your product, change your service, um, et cetera, which there's a lot of liberation in that. On the flip side, the buck stops with you. Stops like with you. <laughs> at the end of the day, there's no one to point fingers at. Like if you're not successful, it's it's on you. And that and that goes probably you know to show in both you know categories. But again, there's just you know more opportunity there, more freedom and flexibility, but the price is bigger. Okay, yeah. as an entrepreneur. And an entrepreneur, um, you have that safety net. You have, you know, you're able to work in the confines of an organization that uh, you know set out for you. Um, so that's obviously, you know, great, great aspect and great way to be. But of course, you're going to hit, you know, hit, hit bump roads and, you know, you are contained to an extent. So I would say for your listeners at, at home, there's value in me seeing it from an entrepreneur perspective because I can see the business because yeah. ultimately I'm an entrepreneur and entrepreneur within the same franchise system. So there's some advantages yeah. there. So I think the value for me is I can still, I can see it from both sides. And um, I still probably say that I take my entrepreneur qualities and tendencies and apply them, you know, to the business that now, you know, I'm leading. So hundred percent, man. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, uh, that's, it's a very unique way to start to think about it like that, where you can start to see, yeah, I'm, I am an entrepreneur within this business and taking those qualities, like you talked about, uh, you know, the resourcefulness and the buck stopping with you and bringing all these qualities to this organization 
you know, is, is really the way that you want to look at it. So, oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, so a couple quick questions for you. Uh, first one is how would you, like, you've done a lot. How would you personally define success in life? Whew. Dude, man, the obstacle is the way my friend. I love it. Um, <laughs> I would say for me success and it's different because a lot of people ask me and I was actually doing a podcast with, uh, you know, on our show, which you shot, uh, with me a, a couple of weeks ago in our studio and the, my, my actually guest opened up being like, Bryce, like you're the CEO of this company. You have multiple businesses. You speak eight languages, this, that, and the other, and it, which is not true. You speak eight languages? I, 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 I barely speak English and I've gained fluency okay. in Brazilian Portuguese. So I would say two at that. <laughs> um, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I guess the question is like, how do you all do, do what you do or. Yeah. Um, I think it's just, it's relentless, it's relentless discipline, um, passion towards, you know, the projects that I, you know, the, the teams that I serve and, and really what I go out and really defining success is, is really creating your own dream and vision and executing that vision. Because for me, um, what is success, uh, defining success, is, you know, for example, relax on the beach, hanging out, you know, many people would be like, dude, that's a very successful life. Like, you know, kind of go with the flow, yeah. et cetera. And there's nothing wrong with that. If that's you, if that's you, if you punch a clock from nine to five, you get back, you have plenty of family time, dude, that is a giant win for you. For me, yeah. I'm just cut from a different cloth. And I, Xander, I know you're the same way. I'm just wired a little bit differently. So for me, I'm, you know, chasing impact and fulfillment. Uh, so for me, how I define success is I have large lofty goals and am I going to hit every single one of them? Well, no, because after I hit a goal, I'm going to kind of create another goal and that process is going to repeat. But for yeah. me, how I would define success um, is, and my soccer coach taught me this at a young age, Bryce, leave it all on the field. And what he meant yeah. by that is when the game is done, when I look back, in this case, we talked about life. When I look back at my life, you know, can I look back and be like, Bryce, you gave 100%. You left it all on the field. No stone was unturned. That is fulfillment. That is success for me. On the flip side, if I can't say that I have gave everything that I could, then that would be you know a, a huge failure. And I'll kind of leave with the story about, about COVID. Sandra, I kind of, we talked about the slow philosophy and kind of having that obstacle mentality, being cool, calm, collected, having proper perspective. That is all very much true. And thankfully, we were able to navigate our franchise extremely well. Yes, we had losses. Yes, there was bumps along the way. Yes, we had franchises, unfortunately, that didn't make it on the fringes. But the vast majority of our franchise system as a whole was a massive success, especially at a very, very tough time. But when I look back, Xander, even if it was a disaster, even if we actually had to close down the franchise, even though, even if it didn't work out the way to planned, I know myself, my entire leadership team, my headquarters and all of our ownership, and speaking for myself as well, I, I could have looked back in that experience and been like, man, I gave it everything yeah. I possibly could to basically keep that ship afloat. So that's a long-winded answer for saying that would be, Xander, how I uh, define success. Yeah, it's, it's almost like a, you know, like set set that direction and don't give up. Like really, really go for it. And whether or not you hit it or not is less important is what it sounds like. It's just making sure that you showed up every single day. That's it. That's it. And if you can, if you can show up, if you can look back and be like, I gave 100%. For yeah. me, like I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I love that, man. So tell me, tell me a little bit. I want to understand a little bit about what makes Bryce Bryce. So do you have, <laughs> do, you, do you have any weird or maybe not necessarily weird, but just different habits that you have that most people don't do that allows you to be successful? 
Well, it's funny. If you would ask the question a different way, but you threw weird in there, I'm going to take it on a different angle, but I actually love. Um, let's, take, let's take weird. Let's I, go there. I like to challenge myself in weird ways. So for, for whatever reason, I've tried to train myself to be left-handed for the last 10 years. So I'm not perfect, but I... I am so glad that I asked the weird question. <laughs> now. I, brush, really I brush my teeth with my left hand. I put my wallet in, the, in my back left pocket. Um, and oh, man, I tried I tried that for like a week once and it really messed with me. Yeah, like, it's it's not easy, man. It's like the neuro wiring uh, going back yeah. to physics and all that, which is, you know, a little woo-woo. But, um, but that, the, give me, I'll give you another weird example. Um, I knew at some point either I wanted to drive like a really expensive high-end sports car or I was going to live abroad. And in either case, you need to drive a stick shift. So yeah. I basically learned to drive a manual, which isn't that you know, uh, you know, life changing, if you will, but most Americans don't because we live in, you know, the most, the richest country in the world where manuals are definitely not, you know, too popular. So I, did I need to actually learn how to drive a stick shift or manual? No, but I knew that it would actually help me actually lived abroad. And also too, again, like a challenge for the brain. Um, so those are probably just two little weird examples of just, and specifically when there's a zombie apocalypse and you're running from zombies and the only thing that you have to drive is a manual car, you want to be able to have that option. I'm thankfully going to be good in that situation so yeah. yes all right cool we you and i can pair up because we both we both drive manuals now oh touche there you go um <laughs> what's what's the first thing that you do in the morning and the last thing that you do before you go to bed Ooh, um first thing i do in the morning um <laughs> my wife literally just gives me such a hard time i'm an early riser but i and i have a high energy guy but i needed a little jolt so i have a little caffeine drink called uh, truline uh, which is basically within our supplement line so i have this actually i have a shaker bottle for all you viewers here i fill it up first thing i do is crank a little uh a drink of that <laughs> then get to the get to the fridge drink 32 ounces of water to kind of get the body going um, and that would be like to start. And then from there, I kind of dive in. I don't actually do a ton of meditation and all that. And there's nothing wrong with that because that works for a lot of people. But I actually, you know, initially go to my computer and work for a half an hour, like on my hardest, like uh, obstacle at Nisha at first. And then from there, after that 30 minutes, I go grab a workout to kind of set the tone for the day. Yeah, it's funny. We uh, I talked about that with Craig when he when he did his interview. He calls it the farm boy routine rather than doing like meditation and 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 uh, you know visualizations and gratitude work. He's like the first thing you do is just get to work for thirty minutes, an hour. Just get that hard thing done, and then you can go do all the fun, fluffy stuff. Yeah, and that's been so helpful. And even for me, he's he's even pushing me more because I've only able to do that for thirty minutes. And actually, this is, goes back to the entrepreneur. Entrepreneur, the one drawback from entrepreneurs, I actually have a set agenda where I have to be at HQ a certain time. So yep. Craig's been pushing on me, Bryce, extend that thirty minutes to like two hours of getting that work done before yeah. you earn your workout unfortunately i can't do that but potentially at some day I'll, I'll i'll get to that level yeah one day craig one day uh, what about the last thing you do before you go to bed oh um I just uh, it's typically content in the brain so you know i'm a yeah. podcaster you're a podcaster so i'm watching a podcast not only to di digest the content but also studying it and i know i've been harassing you lately uh, with your success <laughs> of this particular podcast sander how do you do the intro how do you do the outro so i'm typically trying to do something that's gonna you know basically give me more information um to well equip me to basically be successful in business yeah or so, in life. so positive positive programming learning something new before going yeah, to bed totally i love it man all right, last last speed round question for you. What's the what's the one thing that you wish you learned in college at University of Michigan? Well, I'm going to clarify this, Xander. I went to Michigan State, which Michigan is very State. different oh, my, than my that's bad. like that, oh, that's like saying you went to is, USC, right? That like is Trojan. Horrendous. That is horrendous. <laughs> that is horrendous. 
horrendous. Oh man, Matt, Matt Wilbur, if you are watching this, and if oh. not, you should get him on the podcast. So the running joke for a long time that Bedros is two VPs, one Michigan State, the other Michigan, California-based company. Is Matt is Matt uh, Wilbur Michigan? He, the, and what I always tell him, he likes Michigan because he went to Walmart and picked up a Wolverine hat. I went to I like Michigan State because I have a diploma from there. But that's a, that's a that's a topic for another day. I love you, Matt. If you're watching, buddy. Oh um, man. What is the one thing that um, I did not learn at Michigan State that probably would have helped me in, in my future? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's just the, the value of like business skills. I mean, I got a business-ish type you know, degree, like advertising, <laughs> marketing, accounting. But yeah. honestly, man, like I don't know if anything I applied in my business career. So the first thing I learned from a business setting would just be the value of sales, the value of persuasion, the value of influence in talking and connecting. Yeah. And, and I can't say that I learned that in college, but I can tell you that's been one of the most valuable skills that I've developed. So That's amazing, man. I love that. Beautiful dude. Well, Bryce, thank you so much for this one. This has been an absolute pleasure. Where can people learn uh, more about you, learn more about Fit Body Bootcamp? Yeah, great question, dude. This has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, just go to my website, my first name, Bryce, B-R-Y-C-E, last name Henson, H-E-N-S-O-N, so BryceHenson.com. And if you go there, you can see leadership content. You can see basically check out our franchise, check out my podcast, and in addition to checking out locations from Fit Body Bootcamps across the country and world. So BryceHenson.com would be the best way to connect. Beautiful. Thanks a ton, man. This has been awesome. Dude, I love you, Xander, man. This has been awesome. I appreciate your time, and uh, I'm glad fourth time is the charm. We got it. We got it this time. Thanks a ton, brother. <laughs> all right, buddy. All right. That's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton.